This episode of the Stickers and Scuffs podcast has been brought to you by Remax Jack. Jack provides a friendly, customer-driven service in search for homes and provides excellent details on the market, values, and trends in buying and selling. Jack has been able to work with Cam on his search and always makes himself available when he has a question. Remax Jack will help you if you're looking to buy or sell a home within the GTA. He's who Cam K trusts to find his next home and he should be yours too. Remember, call Remax Jack and start to pack. For more information, go to remaxjack.ca. Hi, this is Mario Andretti and you're tuned into Cam, Graydon and the team as Stickers and Scuffs podcast. They're true Canadian racing fans. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Stickers and Scuffs. Cam is behind the scenes this week, uh, so you're not going to see him, but it's uh, GB here with uh, BMO Brand Archery and our special guest, DJ Christie. Uh, we're going off uh, the asphalt this week and into the dirt, so uh, I don't know. We call it stickers and lugs, uh, lugs and wings. I don't know. Uh, what do you think, Brent? Um, I would say just stickers and mud. nice welcome in dj uh it's good to have you on man yeah thank you it's an honor to be on your show with you guys and i'm a fan of the show and i watch the odd episode here and there when i can that's awesome we appreciate that a lot uh let's jump right in man uh you're not uh, a terribly old fella but uh uh talk about uh kind of your career to date and uh what's got you to where you are today yeah, I'm a 21-year-old kid currently in school, and I've grown up around racing my whole life. Ever since I've been, well, here, I've been going to the racetrack. <laughs> I'm I'm sure I was at the racetrack before I was even one, and my uh, <laughs> grandfather started racing, and then it turned into my dad racing, and now here I am, and 21 years old, I started when I was six, so you do the math on that. It's, I've been racing more than I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> that's for damn sure. Yeah, and just a sure. quick shout-out for... Uh, Jay Christie, uh, former uh, Ontario Sportsman Series driver, right? Yeah, he was. He did pretty good back in the day, beating doors with the Robleys and all those guys. Nice. Brent. Yeah. All right. So I know you from uh, us speaking Speedway because I, I work there every Friday night. And uh, I actually met you 
you might not remember, like two years ago, you were at uh, Motorama. At the car show, at, yeah. Yes, and you were at the front doors and um, got your autograph. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, that was before I was part of this team or anything. That was kind of my introduction into sprint cars because I wasn't working out of speaking at the time. So I just want to say from your niceness to me, that's kind of what got me into sprint cars. And that's very important. That's a very good marketing tool that you have there is that you're very personable. Uh, you can talk to people and sometimes race drivers don't have that um, that quality. So I, I really admire that, that you can talk to people and you can get your sport out there. So it was really awesome. Yeah, I try to treat everyone the way I want to be treated. And I heard a line somewhere today that I think it was from Travis Pastrana. Actually, I was watching a video with him and he said, race car drivers aren't race car drivers anymore. They're more of a salesman and they have to get people into the sport to keep it around or else if they don't, yep. they're not going to have a future. Yes. That's correct. Yeah. So uh, I was just looking at your stats from last year, and um, you were racing in the Cool Kids Core Pack 360 sprints at the Sregan, Um, and you finished uh, tenth out of forty-two drivers. So congratulations! That's a it's not a, that's a not a small feat. That's that's really good because I know the drivers that uh, race there. They're very talented, very competitive, and you know you ended up with uh, two top fives and uh, five top tens. So very good. Yeah, it was an all right year for us. Uh, from the year before, we were expecting a little more because we had two uh, wins. But hey, when there's so many cars that are sweeping every night, it's just <laughs> important to be in the top 10, even just to make the race some nights because there's people coming from the States and mm -hmm. there's no slouches. There's probably 20 cars that can win a race every single night. So just to yeah. make the gain is important and just to keep points going. Just yeah, you, you, exactly. you made 12. Yeah, you made 12 features last last year, so that's yeah, very good. Plus, we had some uh, troubles in a few races. I'll take uh, ownership on one. I forgot to put the transponder on and qualifying, so that was <laughs> for the one night. Yeah. Yeah, and like I so, said, it's <laughs> um, talk about uh, your dad's posted some pictures of you, like racing stuff as a kid and everything. Uh, what was like the the path to the sprint cars well my first race car was a little dirt go-kart just a little called like micro sprints or like outlaw carts now and i did that for two years on the dirt and then i actually switched to asphalt and did that oh, for a few years yeah i was gonna ask you that <laughs> yeah, we uh, went to grim men's speedway after chesterman's and then we actually made the switch back to the dirt and raced us weekend and won a championship there along with a few others along the way and then it was kind of we didn't know where to go just because when you're making that jump from go-karts into anything really there's not mm -hmm. there's like junior late models but we've been doing the go-kart thing so long it's not really a step where would be the next step i could say so we went into the super stocks actually and we did all right but it wasn't i was still young i was 13 when we first started that i drove one when i was 12 for the first time and Wow. I, was, I was pretty young to be handling a full-size stock car, right? So I <laughs> I didn't do this best as good as I wanted to, but um, we were two years into that, and Dad and I were sitting in the shop, and he was probably having a few bush lights, and we uh, got to talking and then ended up with a sprint car in the garage. In the garage <laughs> yeah. But, nice, nice. So what brings you back to the dirt cars? Because you were asphalt for a bit, so what I made mean, you want to go back to the dirt? 
Well, dad had only ever raced asphalt and I had raced dirt and we went to the sprint car nationals a few years in a row and we honestly just got hooked. We thought we needed to do this and at the time we there was a car pop up on Facebook and the first car we saw and we bought and honestly, you guys aren't going to like this, but we just had a lot more fun racing the dirt. Just the, the people were good and there was no politics. It was just everyone helps each other out and it was just a lot more fun for us and a lot, a lot better for the average racer, I felt. So, it, so. Yeah, I, I there's there's no judgment here. As, as we like to say here, racing is, is for everybody no matter what, and it's not for everyone to cut down everybody else's preference to what they like watching. But, I mean, man, having gone to see Oshweekin last year for the first time ever and watching – like you said, by we're we're asphalt guys, as it sort of suggests in our title. But I mean, watching sprint cars, it's such a high speed choreograph. Like I mean, it's not choreographed, but it, it looks like it almost. I mean, the way everybody's all stepped out and the way you make positions, it's like a dance that isn't scripted. I mean, it's the opposite of choreography, but it's just chaos. But it, it's so cool to watch. So I mean. I, I could well imagine that it's fun and it, it must have been, I don't know. It's a good thing. Maybe that you were young when you got into it. I, I can't imagine picking up that discipline. Like, I think I'd be scared shitless jumping in one of those cars. Honestly, like, they just look so friggin' powerful and crazy. Like when, how did the, could, for everyone that doesn't know DJ and I were, a, were teammates for one race. Half my starts were on dirt. I've had two starts. So, um, uh, DJ cleaned up in the great lakes legends, uh, invitational event that we partook in. And we both drove the quick, quick little 30 car and it was awesome. How did that stack up to a, a sprint car? Like, you seem to adapt to it pretty well. Honestly, on dirt, it's more about the harder you drive it sometimes, the faster you're going to go. Where I have no one asphalt, where the harder you drive it, sometimes it's the slower you go. Yeah. And even on the dirt in the legend car, in the heat race, I wasn't driving it hard enough. You have to drive it with the gas pedal on dirt. If you don't, you're not going to go anywhere. So I kind of saw that because I was watching videos in between the races and I just saw it. I wasn't driving hard enough. And then in the future, I think I started fourth or something. Yeah. And, uh, you just foot to the floor and after Trayton came up to me and said, well, how are you able to get the car sideways? And I said, honestly, man, you just have to gas it up and get the car sideways. You're not driving with the steering wheel. You're driving with your feet. Right. It's, and, that, yeah. That's what everybody was telling me too. And I just couldn't, it's so hard for, well, my skill level to get my head around, but like, man, it's, that's something else. Yeah. You're and, um, with, I was going to say with asphalt racing, right? When you're doing stock cars, we're not, uh, you got spotters. The sprint cars, there are no spotters. It's you're just, you know, type of your own element. You, you got the the scoreboard there, and you know, shows number five for you, and then sixty-eight. You know, like yep. you're like, okay, so sixty-eight is about maybe two seconds away from me. Like, how do you keep that process in mind? And you know, clicking down the laps, you're like, okay, I got the lead, but I'm also going through traffic. You know, that's a, there's a lot of stuff to juggle, and you're only doing laps about maybe 10 to 15 seconds, right? So, like, how, how do you process all that information? Well, I'll let you guys in on a little secret. So, at Ashwikin, when you're uh, leading, you can watch the scoreboard because it shuts off after every lap is complete. 
And then as soon as you cross the line, it blinks your like number five. And then it, the next time it blinks is the distance between the next car behind you. So if you're out front and there's a big gap in between when the next number comes on, you, you know you're doing something right. But if there's a short <laughs> little time in between, you got to get up on the gas and wheel that thing. Yeah. Good stuff. <laughs> I hope I didn't spoil anything for myself or they um, hopefully they don't change anything, but that's all I judge of what's going on. <laughs> oh, I was like, take notes, take notes. Yeah. Oh man. Uh so you you have run asphalt. You've you said you did that in your younger days. Is there ever like a if there was somebody that said, Hey DJ, come and have a whirl at this, would you give it a give it a shot? Well, yeah, absolutely. I would love to see how I would do in a stock car now, now that I've grown up and got a little bit wiser with my few years of experience, just to go back, because I just, it's kind of, well, it's not going to sound silly anymore because so many people have done it, but even on iRacing, I do that with my buddies all the time, and I've learned so much, even with the sprint car. When it gets mm-hmm. slick, I've learned so much how to drive with my brakes and my gas at the same time and just use what I have to my abilities to further my knowledge in, in racing. It's funny that you mentioned iRacing because I, me, myself, I am, uh, I don't have enough money to buy a race car. Uh, so I, I do a lot of sim racing. I, I got uh, sort of course, uh, iRacing, stuff like that. And I find that the old school drivers, they kind of just the way the iRacing or well, the new younger generation is bringing in iRacing because seat time is seat time. The difference is obviously you don't have the inertia of a real car, but the tracks are laser scanned, and so you get the you get the rhythm of it. The track uh, the track goes from uh, the, the the lanes change and everything like that. Um, so my question is for you then: How I know iRacing isn't one to one, but how close is it? Because uh, like like Formula One is completely different, but Max Verstappen says that you know when he does iRacing or set of course the uh, it's a completely different feel for him until he like jumps into Monaco. So yeah. How's that for you? Well, for me, it's not really the, like the inertia, like you said that I'm supposed to be learning on. It's more so my throttle input and my like braking, just like trail braking and just steering input. Like the straighter you are in a race car, the faster you're going to be. It doesn't matter if it's on asphalt or dirt, but it's funny because my dad absolutely hates iRacing. He cannot make a lap on there to save his life. And then my girlfriend gets on there who's never raced a car in her life and she makes laps like it's easy. <laughs> so like there's still like the video game aspect of it, but I find it helpful. Yeah. And there's so many other guys out there that find it helpful. Like I raced against one guy and he had I raced for years and just decided to buy a sprint car one day and he, he's awesome. Like he's one of the top guys. So mm. take that as you want, but I think it helps. Yeah, and it was also good too because with whole COVID, you know, the racing season was kind of a drought, right? So, what did the racers go to? I racing, and it was great to see that um, you know, even like the old guys who don't want to do I racing, they they gave it a shot and you know, gave it a first shake. So it was awesome to see that. Well, yeah, well, there's some guys that spend stupid money on I racing, and I have about seven hundred dollars into my I racing rate. Like I have a hundred and fifty dollars steering wheel that I. Uh, just screwed to my <laughs> screwed to my desk, and it doesn't yeah. matter what you have. Like, I can not. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I can drive around some people in Iris and that have spent thousands of thousands of dollars on sim rigs and like the VR stuff. That stuff's insane. But 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. That's good. So my other question is because, uh, like I said, Osregan is my home track. Um, literally live like 19 minutes away from it. Um, Merrittville and uh, Southern Ontario, the other tracks that you race at, how do they compare? Like, do you have the same mindset going to those tracks, or do you have to prepare differently, knowing that you know there's a bump here or, or there's a wreck here or stuff like that? So what makes dirt racing so cool in my mind is no track is ever going to be the same. The surface is going to change every 15 minutes. That's why, for one aspect, why it's so much cheaper than asphalt racing is because you can't go test on a dirt track. You're just going to show up to the racetrack, and it, after one heat race, it's going to be completely different than your hot lap session. So mm-hmm. like going to a shorter track like Merrittville or Humberstone, you have to set up completely different and, well, I have a little notebook now after a few years, and I do have different shot packages and sprint packages when I go to those tracks, and of course, gear because they're smaller. But personally, I like going to the bigger tracks like Southern Ontario and Oshweekin, where you can let it rip a little bit more. You're not just tiptoeing around the racetrack. When you got 700 mm-hmm. horsepower under the hood, you want to use it, right? Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, your dad. Uh, when we were out of speaking for NASCAR week last year, had a peek around your hauler and uh, he showed me around and everything. Um, what does, uh, it was cool to see the inner workings of, uh, of the family team and everything. What does your 2023 look like TJ? So we're going to be doing most of the Ash Weekend, well, all the Ash Weekend stuff. And then uh, some of the SOS stuff. Now there's just, honestly, sprint car racing Ontario has gotten so big that, we cannot physically do all the races with one motor and we do not have the budget to go buy another motor right now because they're all in Ontario. We're running out of parts. There's so many sprint car racers now that you pretty much have to go stateside to get stuff. If you want a used motor, like not, not very many people can afford to go buy a brand new motor. And other than the SOS stuff, I think we're going to try and go stateside a few times to run with the empire super sprints. There's a little track. Well, not little. There's a track called Bransonville just over the border in Niagara Falls, and you have to go there once in your life. Because it is cool, and it's closer than Maritville and Humberstone for us. It is right over the border, and it's awesome. That's yeah. kind of neat. So with the SOS now combining with the uh, uh, Pinty, uh, Knights of Thunder, sorry, um, you get no more shorts anymore. I remember you had this really cool short that you win. So um, you're going to keep that like like on your wall because it's going to be a collectible now. Yeah, we got two of those. Fortunately, they're uh, in the race shops at right beside the race car and the rest of the trophies in there. But yeah, I'm sure they're going to come up with some cool trophy this year. Uh, Peter Turford's doing an awesome job with the SOS. And I, I think he's going the right direction because he's a racer. His whole family is, that's all they do. And mm-hmm. they're really supporting us this year. Like they just raised the purse again today, which they've already done already once this year. But people just keep feeding the money and that's rare in racing, right? I don't yeah. know what's going on, but. For some reason, racing Ontario is popping off lately. That's exactly where I was just going to go with that. It, it doesn't matter whether you're an asphalt person or a dirt fan. It just seems like it's such a good time to to be in racing at a fan capacity, competitor capacity, whatever. It's just, it is, it's popping. It, like you feel the, the preseason energy this year, I feel like is something I don't, 
recall feeling. I don't know if it's like that in your world, but it, it just there seems like everybody's just really amped up to get going this year. Maybe it's because winter won't just just won't die. I don't know. That's how it is up right. here, anyways. It's snowing and raining too much. Well, even with what you said there, Green, with more uh, remember this year, uh, massive success. Like people everywhere. I know you were off getting some sun, but uh, Cam and I uh, were amazed at how many fans there were. It was just crazy, and people are getting excited for this this racing season. So it's really great to see that Ontario is um, getting that big boom. I also think um, I call it the drive to survive effect. I think uh, a lot of people watched that on Netflix and then started looking at maybe local tracks that were nearby and uh, and visited a local track because it's not that much money to buy a ticket. Right? It's good family fun. You guys put on a great show. Sometimes you get to, uh, sometimes the fans get to go up to the drivers. You guys are always so nice to them, giving out candy and flat cards. So it's, it's great to see that. Um, my question is though, for, I don't know if I want to, dig in too deep but i know you're saying stock car and i know you're saying dirt and pinties happens to race on dirt out of swigan which you race at what's the possibilities of you strapping in into a nascar pinnies car i mean there's nothing in the works right now but i mean i'm always looking when my race car driver just in my blood right and if i can race i'm going to try to race and it's going to mm -hmm. be interesting to see how that pinties race goes this here at the that's I think it's a fresh stone Pinty's Dirt Classic week. A lot yep. starters that weekend is just going to be insane because you have Ash, well, Ash weekend Friday and there's something going on Saturday, I think, or Sunday. There's a dirt bike race, I think, on the track. And then Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> and then Monday, Tuesday is, of course, the Pinty's and the sprint car few days. And then there's an off day. And then at Delaware, there's a concert going on. And then I think it's a great Canadian weekend. Already, which that's just going to be a bumping weekend if you're a race fan, get your camping trailer out and go from one track right to the next. Five yep. days of racing there, like, oh my God, that's crazy yeah. awesome. DJ, um, we always like to give uh, our guests time to, to thank the people and, and recognize the ones that get them to the track every week uh, and every season. Uh, shout out everybody that, uh, that helps you out, man. Well, honestly, I've been sponsor hunting like I've never have this year to help pay for our motor because we're trying to build the most badass motor we can. Nice. And, oh, yeah. She's going to be pretty wild. But uh, first of all, I have to thank the Power Garage. They stepped up this year to come on board. It's my uh, dad's new work. So if you're in the hunt for a new uh, anything power sports, hit up them. And Castro Edge, of course, and Athlon Insurance and Blunt Stires Racing, Zabian's Menswear, um, Magdalene and Hagen's Hardscape. And uh, I have a lot here. Sorry. <laughs> Advantage powder coating and Tavonics Tirecraft, Dr. Ed Hoban, uh, Quick Quick again this year, ADS, I don't know if I said that already, Impeccable Pools and Silverthorne Enterprises, and uh, Leach's Engines, Transportation Repair, and John Antel. I told you I had a lot. But and yeah, good that young people supporting you. Exactly. Yeah. Don't ever apologize for shouting out your partners on here, man, because that's everything. Man. We, we understand that. That's what gets you guys. Like you said, you got to build a big ass motor and then get it to the track every week and run it oh, yeah. and all the wear and tear. It, it's, it all involves, it takes a, a family and that's what, uh, 
that's what the pursuit of partnership is about being able to attract those kind of partners that want to be your racing family and, and have your back through the whole season and hopefully beyond. Right. Well, yeah, even just one rate retired for us now is $500 and we can burn that off in a night. So man, going, yeah. yeah. So if we're going to the racetrack for a red Lord Friday night, we're already, by the time we're said and done and include our motor bill at the end of the year, we're probably $2,000 a night just to race on a red Lord Friday night. Man. So, yeah, well, <laughs> another funny story I have for you is the most sponsors. I, was, I did the most awkward thing I've ever done sponsor related this year is I just went out and knocked on every single business's door in Woodstock and Ingersoll and it, they shoot you down a lot of the time and there's a lot of awkward conversations, but I got one sponsor out of it and it was worth it. There go. That's absolutely it. We're going to wrap this up here, but I mean, that's, the thing if you want it bad enough you're going to get out and do those kind of things and the success rate is not 100 percent. it's not 50 percent. it might not even be 25 or 10 but if you get that one that just believes in what you're doing it it it's somebody that you can connect with and uh that's great to see man and i'm i'm glad that you said that so uh closing comments bimo gj i hope that your season goes well I'm looking forward to see you race every Friday. Let's all be there. And um, keep doing what you're doing, man. You're you're nice. You talk to people. You got sponsors. <laughs> what else can you ask for? Yeah, if we, you guys are ever at Ashwikan or any dirt track around and we're there, I'll come say hi. Come stop by the trailer and even after, come have a quick beer with us. And well, yeah, yeah, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> You heard it here, everybody. Uh, we can't think, uh, thank DJ Christie enough for joining us tonight. Uh, Brent, thank you for joining us. Uh, everybody, like, share, watch, enjoy. Uh, get out Come and to enjoy. The track. Yeah, get to the track, exactly. Dirt track, asphalt, doesn't matter. DJ, thanks Thank again, man. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I'll, I'll be sure to share this all over and hope to get you lots of views. Perfect. Take care. That's All right. Shot. Have a good one. We'll see you next week, everybody.